changing your life one story at a time. This is the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast with Editor-in-Chief Amy Newmark. Hey, it's Amy Newmark with some instant inspiration from Chicken Soup for the Soul. I believe that New Year's is time for a fresh start, but you can't make a fresh start and move forward in your life if you're holding on to a lot of old stuff, bad stuff like resentments and disappointments and anger. So I think of all that bad stuff as a heavy cloak that you're wearing. Imagine this heavy cloak that has all of this resentment and anger pinned onto it, and it's weighing you down, and it's stopping you in place. You're hunched over, and you're holding the weight of all those negative thoughts on your shoulders, even though the people who did those things to you or said those things to you are happily off doing their own thing. They're not carrying the weight. You're the one who's carrying it. So I want to share two stories today from Chicken Soup for the Soul, The Power of Forgiveness, because there's nothing like hearing how someone else did it, how they shed that heavy cloak, and I want you to hear it so you can start the new year fresh without wearing that heavy cloak. So in the first story, Ruth Logan Hearn tells us that she grew up under very difficult circumstances. She lived in a middle-class neighborhood in Rochester, New York, but she didn't understand until she was 9 or 10 that she was living in what she now calls squalor. And people were referring to her as one of the Hearn girls. And some of the neighbors were even shunning her family, although others were kind and allowed her to play with their kids and come over for dinner once in a while. Her own home was filthy. Nobody came to her house. The windows were covered with dirt. There were bare light bulbs, which were often burned out. And around age 11, Ruth actually took charge of her room and scrubbed it from top to bottom. She would make her bed with clean but threadbare sheets and blankets. She would wash her floor weekly. She dusted her broken dresser as if it mattered, because it did matter to her. It was what she had. And she says she hardly ever saw her mother, who was an alcoholic. Her mother was always hiding out in her own room. And she attempted suicide at least twice that Ruth knew about. There were times her mother tried to make a comeback. And those times, Ruth remembers dumping her mother's whiskey down the sink and trying to turn that woman back into her mom. One saving grace for Ruth was that she attended a Catholic school and she wore a uniform. So at least she was dressed like the other girls, and she wasn't different when she was at school. No one knew that she got her uniform courtesy of charity. Finally, Ruth moved out of that unhappy house to live with her older sister. But she felt guilty because she left her two younger brothers behind in that dark, filthy place. And then one day, Ruth came across her mother's poetry from her mother's high school magazine. The poems were great, and they were a window into her mother's soul before she started drinking. And Ruth saw her mother as a young woman just like her, with a talent for writing and dreams and aspirations. That book was Ruth's turnaround. It was her wake-up call that allowed her to forgive her mother, because she saw a different person inside that troubled mother. And she recognized how her mother's life had gone off track. And now she felt sorry for her instead of angry with her. Ruth's mother finally quit drinking when Ruth was 33. 
And that was when Ruth finally got to know her mother. And Ruth's six children had that new woman as their grandmother. They never knew that other mother, the one who had failed Ruth so badly as she was growing up, but that woman who she came to understand and forgive. Catherine Malnight wrote about her childhood as well, and again about how she found forgiveness. She was in fifth grade, and there was a boy in her class named Kyle who was the meanest person she had ever met. He would slam his shoe down on her foot, which was very painful, and then when she had her seat moved farther away from him, he continued to bully her, calling her names like stupid and freak, and he also kept stepping on her feet whenever he could get near her. And this went on for almost all of fifth grade. And he bullied Catherine's friend, Megan, also. So both girls were miserable for a whole year. And despite meetings with teachers and guidance counselors, nothing changed. Her teacher couldn't control Kyle. The climax of the Kyle saga occurred in mid-May when Kyle called Catherine's brother, who was special needs, a, quote, retarded freak. Well, when he said that, Catherine just lost it. She told Kyle how much she hated him for all the abuse he had been heaping on her all year. And then he quietly apologized. And his teasing diminished a lot after that. So the next year, Kyle didn't come back to school. He went away to private school, and Catherine didn't have to see him anymore. It was only in eighth grade that she really thought about Kyle and fifth grade again. It was late one night, and she thought about him, and she was surprised because she didn't feel any anger. She just felt pity, and she realized that this boy had probably been going through his own issues back then, and he was taking them out on her and her friend. It was no excuse for what he did, but it was a reason, and it gave Catherine understanding and allowed her to get rid of her anger. She let herself forgive her bully. And Catherine says that it made her feel free. It felt so good to not let Kyle's bullying hang over her. She was done with it. And she understood something that most people don't understand until they're much older. And that is that we can't let other people's issues ruin our own lives. And that we can't take other people's bad behavior personally because it's not really directed at us. It's not about us. It's about them. So we always put a relevant quote at the top of our stories, and the one that we put on that story was by the actor Will Smith. And here's what he said. Throughout life, people will make you mad, disrespect you, and treat you bad. Let God deal with the things they do, because hate in your heart will consume you too. So that message about forgiveness is one I like to share on the podcast every few months, as I think it's one of the keys to happiness. It's really hard to feel happy or to accomplish much in your life if you're wearing that heavy cloak of resentment and anger and bitterness. If you'd like to learn more about this potentially life-changing book, Chicken Soup for the Soul, The Power of Forgiveness, please visit our website, chickensoup.com and click on the podcast button to get more information. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. Please follow me on Twitter if you haven't already. My handle is at Amy Newmark. I post a link to the podcast every day and also other news about Chicken Soup for the Soul, writing opportunities, etc. And come back for our next episode. I'll be talking about another key to happiness, 
And that is making sure that we don't get stuck in a rut and start leading a narrow life by accident. I'm going to share a couple of stories about husbands who stepped outside their comfort zones and really enjoyed it. And of course, it was their wives who made them do it. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.